glass, giving the house a blank, indifferent appearance, and the flimsy front door had no knocker. The railings remained amputated, and the garden had been smothered by concrete. Weeds straggled through the cracks. Tenants came and went, none staying longer than a few months. It was June when I first noticed the girl— One morning she was sitting at the downstairs window looking back at me. I ducked away, pretending to watch a group of children who were circling on bicycles like predatory animals. When I dared to look again, she hadn't moved. I puzzled over what she was doing there. She was young, no more than eighteen, I thought, perhaps not even that. Girls her age had other things to do. I often saw them, prowling the streets in packs, strutting and swaggering like boys. I avoided them, afraid of attracting their attention. But this girl was different. She sat motionless, as if she were waiting for something, her thin shoulders poking out of a tight black vest. Despite her physical fragility, she had an air of determination about her. Her shoulders were squared and her face set, her little chin held high. I was intrigued and watched her for the rest of the day. She showed no sign of having noticed me, but went on staring out of the window, straight ahead. At last, at dusk, she stood up. Her silhouette was a shock. A high, round belly stuck out from her body. It was jarring to see, grafted on to someone who was still a child herself. She yawned and stretched, then turned to draw the curtains, shutting me firmly out. I watched the girl the next day, and the next day after that. All through the summer I watched her at the window, staring into space as her belly grew, making the vest rise further and further up her torso. As the days passed, something odd began to happen. My stomach started to expand, as if in sympathy with hers. My skin stretched over a small pot belly, smooth and tight, as if I were young again. The rest of my body was shrinking. Skin hung loosely from my arms and thighs. It was as if I had a baby of my own trapped within— a malevolent little thing, a child who would never be born, staying inside until it had consumed all of me. I didn't want any interference from doctors. I didn't want to draw things out any further than required. But as the summer wore on, I worried that I was losing my mind. I mislaid things, A stain developed on the bathroom floor from water that slopped over the sides of the tub when I forgot to turn off the taps. I found myself standing bewildered in rooms, unsure of how I had got there. I did not mind my physical disintegration, but losing my capacity to think was something different altogether. One day in August— I decided I couldn't put it off any longer. The time had come to seek medical attention. I was on edge from the moment I left the house, 
knowing that I'd have to pass the prison. I hurried past it quickly, my head down to the surgery. It was a cuckoo of a building, squeezed between two houses, squat and square and practical, with a blue sign outside listing the names of the doctors. The doors slid open as if my arrival had been predicted. As I entered, the smell of disinfectant caught in my throat, making me cough. I leaned against a pillar to catch my breath and looked about. It was a dismal place. Faded posters, telling those who looked at them to change their ways, were stuck haphazardly on walls that were blistered with peeling paint. A patch of damp crept down from the ceiling to the window as if it were trying to escape. Patients slumped on chairs around a table covered with magazines.